How can we respond to the divisive worldviews facing our nation? Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs, joining you with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we are honored to be with you today. Our nation has faced intense situations recently. From the Derek Chauvin trial to an immigration crisis and ongoing unrest, one thing is clear. Our worldview has implications for how we live. But most people don't take the time to consider their worldview and how it affects our faith. When it comes to worldview, I can think of no better person to address this issue than our friend Jill Martin Ritchie. Jill is the daughter of the late Dr. Walter Martin, himself an expert on worldviews and world religions. Jill is the author of numerous books, a professor, and has been a frequent guest on J.N. Markell's Understanding the Times. She joins us today from Minnesota. Jill, welcome back to A View from the Wall. Thanks so much for having me, Dylan and Jill. I really appreciate it. Well, we love having you here on the program, and we have lots to talk about today, so we'll dive right in. We face so much already as a nation this year in 2021, from a riot in our nation's capital to racial protests and the ongoing battle with the pandemic. There is much to discuss. But at the core of these issues is the topic of worldview. So let's start off with that. Tell us a little bit about what Scripture teaches regarding worldview and why it's important for us to evaluate it today. Oh, yeah. I, this is really at the core of what the church is doing, what we're actively doing is what is your worldview, right? And it's also something that influences other people. So the Christian worldview and one that is focused biblically, and today it's really sad to have to say that, but um, some people who proclaim the fact that they're Christian are not proclaiming a biblical worldview. So it revolves first and foremost around the Word of God. What does God say? Well, we are supposed to be salt and light. We are supposed to, you know, what does does light do, right? It shines in the darkness. So people tend to notice it, right? And what does salt do? I mean, salt can be pretty painful if you put it on an open wound. So again, you have that immediate feeling or response, and it also preserves salt preserves. So what are we preserving? We're preserving the worldview based in biblical principles that there is a God that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, and that we will spend eternity with him. And we make our decisions, if you're a biblical-based Christian, you make your decisions on the Word of God, and that forms your worldview. Others make their decisions and their worldview based on either philosophical or social questions. So we need to be salt and light. We need to stand up and be heard. There are many times in the Bible where confrontation was really um, the preeminent method or the most common method that God used. Uh, I was reading the other day in Psalm 11, really quite an amazing psalm, and it fits in for today. I've read it, I don't know, how many times have you read the psalms, right? And this time I read Psalm 11, I thought, oh my goodness. This is so much for today, and maybe now more than ever. And it begins with a a rhetorical question. You know, David is saying basically that people around him are saying, flee, flee to the mountain, run, run, for behold, the wicked bend their bow 
to shoot in the dark at the righteous. And then that part ends, and this is the part that is so, so incredible, the answer, for the Lord is in his holy temple. Why are you panicking? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven, and he loves the righteous, and he will defend the righteous, and the upright shall behold his face. So that is what we have as Christians, that solid foundation, that worldview that God is supernatural, he is creator, all-powerful, that he is in control, not that he dictates people's actions, but that he lives outside the space-time continuum, and that he knows the end from the beginning. So he knows what is coming at us. So if we stay rooted in him, rooted in that biblical foundation, we will be able to defend what we believe to defend our faith successfully, and to stand up no matter what the world throws at us and keep going. Jill, I'm glad you mentioned where the foundation of our worldview comes from, because recent reports show that church membership is down. Of course, last year affected that because so many churches were closed. But in where our worldview comes from, if churches are restarting, or smaller, trying to get people back, it's not surprising that where their worldview is formed affects where their worldview stands now. What's the outcome of having churches closed and church attendance down on this generation's worldview? How do we recover that? Yeah, and this is the thing about living in the last days, right? We've lived in them technically for the last 2,000 years since Jesus came, but now we are seeing an acceleration in the things that the Bible warned about. And we are seeing hearts that are growing cold. And that is really sad. It's one of the saddest things for me to see. My father actually warned in you know the 60s and 70s, he said, churches are giving us soft lights, soft music, and even softer sermons. Well, when you have that decade after decade, then the hearts of people begin to grow cold. And that's what we are seeing, that fulfillment in an even um, more noticeable way that today, in the last days, that people are walking away from church. They're walking away uh, from the roots that they were brought up in. They're walking away under the guise of hypocrisy, that the church is hypocritical or the church is narrow-minded, and then you bring on the pressure of social justice today, and people may not necessarily be walking away completely, but they are becoming involved or trying to turn the church in a direction that is not biblical. So I believe that their hearts have grown cold, and they have accepted what the world tells them as truth. And that this also is invading our churches. And then when that gets in there and you have pastors preaching social justice, then you have others in the church turn and leave because they can't, most times they cannot get the pastor and the leadership to change their position on that. So it's a very sad thing. It's a result of the end time situation and the things that are happening here where where what? Um, Truth becomes a lie, and the lies are truth. It's it's totally twisted. We have the lawlessness that's taking place now around the world. 
we have all these things, this great delusion that is descended upon people when it comes to things like what is your gender and other things. So it's kind of, I would say, a culmination of sin and what the Bible predicted in prophecy. Well, that's such a good way to put it. Many of our attacks are within the church itself. We are told to gather together all the more as we see the day approaching, but yet many of the dividing issues of our time have struck within the church, whether it's social justice, whether it's gender, whether it's other issues that we'll talk about later on. And I want everyone to stick with us because we have so much more to talk about and we're just getting below the surface here. So stay with us after this break here on A View from the Wall. Be right back. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Jonah was a man with great ups and downs. He falls into sin several times in the small four-chapter book that bears his name. Most are familiar with how Jonah ran from God and soon found himself in trouble at the bottom of the sea in the belly of a fish. However, in chapter 2, we read, Then Jonah remembered God. And as Jonah confessed his sin and committed himself to God, he found God's mercy and led a great revival. In the story of Jonah, we see that great sin is no match for God's grace. The Bible says, When we seek Him, we will find Him. Jonah was not perfect. Before the story is over, he will sin again. But let us see that when Jonah turned to God, he was blessed by God. It's a timeless truth we should hold on to today. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com Welcome back with Jill Martin Ritchie, a popular author and expert on Christian worldview and other religions. We talked in the last segment about the impact of worldview in our nation as well as in our churches. We want to continue in this segment to talk about how our worldview relates to last days and Bible prophecies. And as we do, I want to begin by touching on some of the major belief systems in our society today. Now, Jill, you've worked on books like The Kingdom of the Cults, The Kingdom of the Occult. You've addressed all these belief systems, but what are some of the views you see that are becoming more popular today that we need to be aware of and watch out for? Well, Hinduism has invaded our society. It's invaded America. It's invaded our churches. For example, uh, yoga, yoga being brought into the churches. Uh, this, I, I just stick my head like, what are they thinking when all they need to do, these pastors and some leadership, is go online and find out how the yogis, the, the ones who teach Hinduism, view yoga, and they call it Hindu evangelism. Wow. So it is, that's their viewpoint. So now you have that brought into the church. Then you have things brought in like Hinduism's main point, which is acceptance. What's good for you is good for you. What's good for me is good for me. Avoid conflict. Embrace everyone for who they are. Don't be judgmental. That is Hinduism. So we are seeing that everywhere in our world today. And it has caused an enormous amount of damage because we have come as Westerners to think that conflict is a bad thing. And the Bible teaches that conflict for the sake of the gospel is a divine command. That is what we are supposed to do. I was looking the other day in my devotions at the story of 
David and Bathsheba. And it's very interesting because it gives you an incredible example of how God feels when it comes to conflict. And the thing is, is that David had taken Bathsheba, obviously, most people know that he'd taken Bathsheba, someone else's wife, and not just anyone, but Uriah was one of David's mighty men. The 33 mighty men with supernatural powers who literally surrounded David and protected him. So he took Uriah's wife, one of the 33 men. So it was a very bad thing. And he plotted, of course, to kill him. And poor Uriah had to take back his own death warrant when he, when David called him in from the battlefield and then he refused to be with his wife and he sent him back to the battlefield, he had to take his own death warrant with him. And so God ordered Nathan or gave Nathan the instructions, Nathan the prophet, to go to David. And David received him and Nathan told him the story of the sheep, the little sheep that another man had stolen. And it was a terrible thing. And David got very upset and said, who is this man? And Nathan looked right at him. This is the conflict, the confrontation, and said, you are that man. So Mm. that is a perfect example of how God expects us to respond to sin. When you see it, we are to say, this is the issue. This is what God says about it. Now, we can be kind in how we say it, but you can be firm. No one should ever be hitting someone else over the head with a baseball bat because that's not going to encourage them to listen to you. They're probably not going to want to hear any more from you. So you, yeah, you don't want to approach them that way. You want to approach them in a kind, patient, knowledgeable way. You know your Bible. You know what God wants you to say. And then you pray for the Holy Spirit to work. And he does. I mean, we serve a supernatural, all-powerful creator God who loves us and promises us all of the things we need to live in this world and to answer. And so we should take advantage of that and ask the Holy Spirit to step in at that time and reveal truth. So conflict in today's world is something that people are avoiding at all costs, and that falls under the Hinduism. Another thing is the resurgence, and I know you're very familiar with this, the resurgence of Wicca and witchcraft and the worship of Satan, but not Satan as an individual, Satan as a philosophical idea. And that's what the Satanic Temple is doing. They are basically calling Satan good and everything about him good and pointing to an ideal of freedom under Satan. That's what's, you know, coming back with a vengeance, Satan, in his prominence. And you have these people turning toward an ecological religion, too, that worships Mother Earth, which is a pagan religion. That's how it has been for centuries. I mean, that's what God was so upset with the Israelites for doing. They were worshiping nature. They were standing on their rooftops and worshiping the heavens. So this is a very ancient paganism that is resurging in our world today under the headline of, you know, global warming or ecology or, you know, protecting the earth. 
it's basically rooted in ancient paganism. Jill, as we look at the Bible's predictions about the future, another one of the things we have to talk about is the world's worldview. And that's completely opposite of what Christians, they're talking about globalism. We hear that term a lot. Give Uh people an idea of what that is and what the worldview is and why globalism is so important in a last day's context. Globalism is basically becoming a global citizen, a world citizen. So you're not the citizen of your country where you were born and raised. It's your global citizen. And when you take that and put it in the perspective of biblical prophecy, this is what the Bible says must happen. So we are actually living. I know some people, my, my family and others say, you're crazy. Why is this such a great time to live? Stop telling us this is such a great time <laughs> to live because we're feeling this is really not that great a yes. time to live. You know, a lot of people have said that to me and I feel like, well, you know, we're looking at something that the church longed to see and has longed to see. For centuries, we are seeing the unfolding of the global beast system. We are watching it being built. And we as Christians, as, you know, frightening as that can be, we have hope. You know, we have hope in so many ways. Um, God can move to change people's hearts. God can come, Jesus can come back at any time, right? We have that hope, that wonderful hope, you know, but, but, the key thing is that that means Jesus is coming. And that, for me, makes living in these times exciting because I look for him. I see everything happening. And yes, it is a scary time. Yes, it is going to be a very bad time for those who are on this earth. But at the heart of it is we are nearing the end. Jesus is coming again. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Jill Martin Ritchie. We have to take a break, but there's more to come. So stay with us. We'll be back in a moment on A View from the Wall. The Bible predicts the rapture of the church is coming. Are you ready? Soon many will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Only they will escape the dark days that are coming. A time of tribulation that will usher in the Antichrist and great destruction upon the entire earth. There's only one escape, one way, one light, one truth. His name is Jesus. He came and died so that we may live forever with Him. But to receive this new life, there are three things we must do. The ABCs of salvation. A. Admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. Ask for forgiveness and receive His grace. B. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came, lived, died, rose again, and will come again. Believe that He is Lord and God. C. Commit to walk His path, the path He wants you to walk, and walk it out by faith. Then you'll be ready for the return of the Lord. To learn more about the rapture and how to know for sure, visit amiraptureready.org. Welcome back. As we continue our conversation with Jill Martin Ritchie, we're going to take some time to dive into some applications for our daily lives. And Jill, in this segment, we want to talk a little bit about what the Bible says regarding the last days and the area of spiritual deception. 
The Bible tells us there will be false teachings and even false gods and an antichrist in the end times. So how could we protect ourselves as well as our loved ones from some of what I call the spiritual fake news of our time? I always go back to the scripture. We need to study to show ourselves approved workmen who do not need to be ashamed, rightly interpreting the word of truth. Because if you know your Bible and you're studying things that are key to the end time, you know what to look for. You can recognize signs around you. Israel's increasing isolation, that is something that everyone should be watching because we know what comes, right? We know that all of the Arab countries will come against Israel and that God will rescue them. He will be their redeemer. So there is so much happening. The the rise of the temple in Jerusalem, they have everything ready, set, go for that temple, including two red heifers that so far are looking pretty perfect. And there are many things that if you research your Bible, research the news, you can see it starting to mesh, starting to blend together. So, yes, there are terrible things rising. There is the love of money that is through the roof. I think in all the corruption you can see, both in America and around the world, what is at the root of that? Evil, the love of money. And they have sold out many, many countries, if not all, have been sold out by the love of money, sold to the highest bidder. And that's something that the Bible says is going to increase in the last days, that people will love money, love self, hate even those who are close to them, their parents, their families. This is a time when we are seeing such an incredible fulfillment of prophecy, one thing right after another, and all the lies and deception that's out there as far as Satan and his identity. You know, it's it's really ironic in the past, um, down through history, we as the church have had to fight to preserve the identity of Jesus, the identity of God, the Father, and Satan has worked his hardest to try to destroy that, to try to redefine who God is. And now today, there are different types of satanic churches, and I use that term very loosely when it comes to anything like that, but they are rising and fighting with each other, and they are fighting with each other over the identity of Satan, which is really ironic in the long term, because that's what Satan has done down through history. So you see all these different types of satanic churches rising. You see, and this is one of the saddest things, the return of the idols, the ancient idols. You see temples of Molech, who demanded child sacrifice, temples of Baal. You see temples of Ashtoreth. These temples are all rising on the internet, and also some of them have actual locations. So we are seeing come back what Satan knows best. He's watched us for centuries. He knows what works. And he knows that human beings are drawn in their hearts to lies because the Bible tells us that our hearts deceive us. Our hearts do not tell us 
the truth. Jeremiah tells us that. And so Satan is well aware of how we are and how we react and that we are fallen, that we are in need of a Redeemer, and he takes advantage of that fallen nature. On A View from the Wall, we serve those who consider themselves watchmen or watchwomen who seek to help others in the last days, but that's certainly not easy. In fact, many churches will not even address Bible prophecy and think it's strange if we talk about it. So as we conclude today, take a moment to encourage our watchmen and our watchwomen who are listening. Well, one of the things I think is most encouraging for me is that um, when God gave this revelation of the end times to Daniel, the book was sealed. Now, when Jesus Christ gave his revelation, it's open. So we have the book of Revelation is an open book. We are supposed to study it. We are supposed to go there. We are supposed to find the answers. And to me, that has just been um, such a huge turning point in my life to look at the Word of God in Revelation, to see what is coming to praise him and thank him and to plan and to occupy, right? While we're waiting, occupy here, um, but still educate ourselves, be workmen who do not need to be ashamed, studying the word of God, studying what is coming, studying the times that we are in, in order to bring God glory, to bring others to him. That's wonderful. You've been listening to Jill Martin, Richie and Jill. Before we let you go today, tell people what website they can go to to get more about your ministry. That would be waltermartin.com. We have a free listening library and other resources on there that are free too. You heard it here, waltermartin.com. And then you've been listening to Jill Martin, Richie. Thanks again for joining us on A View from the Wall today. And listen again at iamawatchman.com where you can sign up for our e-newsletter, download a free ebook, and enjoy our other free resources. We also appreciate your financial support to help us serve you and others in these last days. Join us again here next time on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.